Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Breffney Hurley and you are listening to the Sports Roundup Show, episode 115 of the podcast. Today we are going to be taking a look at athletics and specifically the Dublin City Marathon which took place on Sunday with plenty of Leitrim interest in the course of 26.2 miles around our capital city. We'll also be looking at the GAA with plenty of action across our playing fields in both hurling and Gaelic football. There's some underage finals down for decision as well as a look at some of the results in rugby and soccer over the weekend. But first we're going to start off with athletics where Leitrim double Olympian Colin Griffin managed to finish in the top 20 of the event. I caught up with him yesterday to see how he was after a phenomenal run on Sunday. Over the bank holiday weekend on Sunday morning in Dublin, the Dublin City Marathon took place. It's a national event really and there was huge Leitrim interest in it but the top Leitrim finisher finishing in the top 10 in the country and top 20 overall was Ballinamore's Colin Griffin and he joins me now. Colin, welcome to the show. I agree with you, Bethany. Thanks for having me on. It's been great watching all the various people from around the county take part in the race on Sunday morning and it was a pretty phenomenal performance from yourself. You finished in 2.23. We'll talk a bit more about that, what that means later on. But what was it like to take part in the marathon on Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, look, it, it's, a, it's a great atmosphere. Um, I always enjoy competing in Dublin marathon. I've been doing it for the last five years. Um, the last two years in particular, the weather has been, been as, as good as you could expect. Nice and cool and dry and, and sunny. Um, with little or no wind. And yesterday was exactly like that. So perfect conditions for racing, you know, a nice, nice little bit of chill in the air. But it was, uh, and the support around the course is always really good. Like so, um, I suppose with the running community in Ireland being so small, and everyone kind of, you know, people would recognise around the course as well. So or you'd recognise some some voices and faces around the course as well. So um, yeah, look, it's a very special occasion. I always enjoy competing in it, and um, yeah, look, yesterday went, went really well. Now you're talking about the running community, but obviously the wider athletics community as yeah. well. You'd be fairly well known, to be fair. People wouldn't have to go too far to recognise you as a double Olympian. Obviously in 08 and 12, you took part in the race walk. How different yeah. is a marathon from a 50-kilometre race walk? Uh, easier. <laughs> a lot easier. Um, no, I mean, I suppose... Um, my approach now is a lot, more, a lot different. Like obviously, I'm retired from any sport for the last, uh, since 2014. I've been kind of running just as a way to try and keep myself fit and occupied and, and, and maybe dabble a little bit as well, as, as just, I suppose, being my own guinea pig for, 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 for my own coaching and stuff as well. So um, what I suppose I just enjoy now is, is, is just competing in, in, in those races. I kind of miss that competition environment and um, I suppose big races like, like a marathon and, and a few half marathons and, and 10 k's do during the year kind of um, keep me in touch with that. So... Um, yeah, look, I said it's a lot more relaxed, but I enjoy it. But uh, I suppose the the the, um, the excitement, I suppose, of, of competing and in a big race like that is still the same, still the same attraction. You say it's more relaxed, but I know you tweeted beforehand about um, your mother had finished third many many moons ago in the women's event at the race. How much of you kind of looks back towards that? Looks back towards your own career? where you excelled on an international scale and look back and really want to compete at an event like the marathon in Dublin? Um, yeah, look, I mean, I grew up in that environment where my mother was competing, you know, in her peak. Um, so it was always, um, 
in the car around the country going to different races watching her compete, uh, watching others compete. Um, I suppose she moved up to the marathon quite late in her career, maybe a little bit too late. She probably had a lot more potential there. Um, and she may have had a, a, a decent chance of qualifying for the Olympics in, in Barcelona or maybe even Seoul Olympics. Um, had she moved up a little bit earlier, maybe been a bit more, more attacked the marathon with a bit more confidence. So, um, yeah, look, she, I suppose the fact that she came so close to qualifying, I suppose it's inspired me to, you know, um, to try and make the difference myself in, in my own right, and uh, which I did. And then, and then, yeah, look, I mean, it was uh, that motivation was there from a very young age. In terms of your own performance at the weekend, 2.23 is phenomenal. Most club runners would be aiming for somewhere in the region of three to four hours. So to come in so low is very, very impressive. What was your target going into the race? Yeah, in the back of mine, 2.24. Now, my previous best from Rotterdam in April this year was, was um, 2.26.43, I think it was. Um, and then this time last year in Dublin, I did 2.28. And then my first running marathon, um four years ago I did 2.33 so I've, I've, I've knocked 10 minutes off that in the last four years but again look it's transitioning from race walking to running that curve is going to be on an upward trajectory you know if, once I'm training consistently and have no major gaps in, 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 in my training so um, obviously there'll come a point where that'll start to plateau a little bit and precious seconds will be hard earned from, from there on but uh, yeah look 2.24 is in the back of my mind I had a small little injury scare three weeks ago so I had to just manage that carefully and um I was a little bit cautious going into the race, um, but felt really good early on. And the first, like Dublin's probably known as being having a few little challenging hills along the course, but but again, when you know that in advance, you can plan your your your, your tactics and your strategy and be able to know where you have to work hard and know where you can recover. And probably the biggest climb in the Dublin Marathon is actually the first seven miles when you go to the Phoenix Park when you swing left at Castle Knock. Um, you've done a lot of climbing there, but it doesn't feel like much because you're fresh early on. There's a lot of a lot of support there. Once I got the seven mile mark and I was actually bang on two twenty four pace before I even hit the downhills, I just thought this, you know, I just had in the back of mind, I was thinking this is going to be a good day, and got to halfway with, with the group feeling really good. It was a little bit of a tricky park between ten and fifteen miles that I kind of know as well. That's always a bit of a hot spot. So in that group, we kind of worked together, got through that. There's a few little little drags there, and then once we turned at fifteen miles, which is the, at the walking turn road roundabout, in, in the back of my mind, that's where the race starts, and you have a nice little downhill recovery patch there where you can kind of up the gears, and that's what I kind of did and. Um, split the group up then and only one guy went with me and um, we kind of worked together for most of the race and then he kind of got away from me in the last couple of miles. It's phenomenal listening to the kind of the, the mind as you're th- talking through that but for a lot of people and I count myself on this I did complete Dublin Marathon one yeah. once now it's nearly a decade yeah. ago and I wouldn't be That's in any fit state to do it now but in terms of, of that I, I remember Roebuck Road was just horrific uh, yeah. about 18-19 miles people talk about hitting the wall and I hit it there and I literally had to walk the rest of the way. A lot of people are at a much lower level, and I know it's a family affair for you as well. Your brother, Ronan, also finished the marathon yesterday. What was it like waiting at the finish line for him to come through? Yeah, look, I mean, it's because it, 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 was, it was nice too, because my, my, both my parents came up to watch it, and, um, you know, so, so they took great pride in it too, given that they're, I suppose, their love for genetics to be passed on to us. And uh, my brother, I suppose, look, he was probably, when we were growing up, he was probably more ta- naturally talented athletically than I was. Um, I suppose when he got to the teenage years, he, he, he had other career interests and, and I suppose pursued that. And he still probably kept himself fit and stuff over the years. And then he just, last year, he he, he entered the Amsterdam Marathon and ran about 3.19 there. And then he knocked a good seven minutes off that there yesterday. Um, you know, so it was, um, look, it was nice to see, see him come through as well and finish. And uh, um, I had my, one of my cousins and my uncle was also competing as well. So it was it's, Good, good family interest. Very much a family affair. Well, listen, Colin, th- uh, congratulations on a fantastic achievement. As I said, 10th of the Irish-placed finishers, 19th overall. 
fantastic for anyone from this part of the world to be at that level but obviously you're no stranger to being at the front end of races thanks very much for joining us thanks Bethany Now, Colin may have been top of the pile from a Leitrim point of view, but there were plenty of others who took to the streets along with him. We're going to run through some of the results that I've managed to track down over the last couple of days. Apologies if you're not in this list, but uh, congratulations on finishing what is a pretty grueling course in Dublin. Colin Griffin, as we mentioned, 19th place in a time of 2 hours 23 minutes flat while Clive Glancy of Carrick Athletic Club finished a little bit behind 2.32. Phenomenal time for the Carrick and Shannon athlete. David Lipset of North Leitrim Athletic Club, he finished just under three hours at 2.59, while Thomas Sundstrom, who is married to a Carrick and Shannon girl, 2.59.14 his time there, so in under three hours also. Adrian Gurn, 3.08. Ronan Griffin, as we heard, 3.11, just under 3.12. John Keenan, 3.20. Neil Faulkner of North Leitrim Athletic Club, 3.23. Kenny Murtha of Carrick and Shannon Athletic Club, 3.31. Desmond Gallagher, 3.37. While Paula Mollahan was the first lady home from the county, 3.38 her time. Jerry O'Brien, 3.38.43. While Christopher Daly was 3.41.33. Niall Comerton finished in a time of 3.43, while both Jonathan Fahey of North Leitrim Athletic Club, 3.47, and Pat Heffernan at the same time, just a couple of seconds behind in Carrick Athletic Club colours. Mickey Cull, 3.48.05, while Emily O'Brien was unfortunate to miss out on that four-hour mark, five seconds over the four hours. Michael Comer, 4.03, while Anthony Flanagan was the final finisher for Carrick Athletic Club, 4.32. I also tracked down a number of other participants in the race with Leitrim Connections in no particular order as I don't have times to match these particular runners. Orla Farrell, Colleen Morris, Idel Burke McKeown, Karen Burke Fognan, Nessa Campbell Kennedy, Francis Mannion and Lee Carney. Congratulations to all who participated and completed the event on Saturday. A little closer to home this weekend in Gaelic Games, the Vista Med Junior A Football Championship came to a conclusion with Glencar Manor making it a double 112 to 6 points over Anaduff after their senior championship victory earlier in the month. Congratulations to everybody in Glencar Manor. Don't forget, of course, they are also in the Junior B Football Championship final to take place very, very shortly. On Saturday afternoon in the Division 1 Football League final, St Mary's were unfortunate to go down to a very strong Mughal side. The final score 110-18. to A last-minute goal from St Mary's cut the deficit from 5 points to 2 at the very end, but Mughal well worth their win. I caught up with some of the players from both sides after the game, but first the Mughal manager, Liam Keenan. Liam, your thoughts? Finally lifted a trophy this season, you must be delighted. Yeah, absolutely delighted. Delighted for the lads there. You can see how happy they are with, with winning that league, to be honest with you. And as are we, because um, we put a lot of work into that league. And um, even at times when our back's against the wall, earlier part of the year, maybe players away, players injured, 
we stuck at it and we got some great results. And today was, um, I think, just reward. We're, we're happy with our league performance, yep. In terms of the games, how vital was that goal uh, midway through the second half? Oh, sure, hugely vital. You know, I thought we left a couple of chances out there. The lads wouldn't be overly happy. Um, the game never really took off. It was sort of low tempo it was played at. And um, I suppose this time of year you're going to get that. feel is a bit dead. But the goal, the goal was the winning of the game, without question, yep. In terms of the next year's league, less teams in the division means less games might be have some chance of having the league finished up in the first half of the year would that be a big difference ah of course look at it look at when the when you're knocked out of the championship it's very hard to to motivate uh, lads i even seen the same at home in longford it's very hard to motivate lads to keep going keep going and fair credit to the lads the last three weeks since we've been out of the championship we've worked away we've trained away twice a week and the lads have put in a great effort and um yes you'd love to see the league finished before the championship uh is over or whatever um, it just makes it easier on everybody in terms of your own position obviously end of the year people assessing where they are what's the situation what's your own role here with Moho will you be involved next year well I, I don't know I suppose that'll be down to the club and we'll sit down and reassess how the, how, how the, the year went but um, I, I'm delighted to get the win today that's what we came here for I was disappointed with how we exited the championship I didn't think we did ourselves justice in, in the semi-final we didn't play as well as we can and um, I suppose that falls down to management too if, if the team doesn't perform on the big day but uh, look at Today was nice to get it. I enjoyed my time down here. There's no question about it. And we'll see what happens in the future. Is today a bit of consolation for that semi-final defeat? Yeah, well, the lads wanted silverware. I mean, Mohal, at the moment, I think you have to make him and the Sunshines. They have a good group of footballers. And um, they want to win silverware. There's no question about that. And uh, to get something, it's nice to get something out of the year. It's nice to get something out of the year. But I don't think it's ever a consolation for not going on and progressing well and winning the championship. But um, it's nice to get something, Brittany. Well, listen, Division 1 League Champions has a nice ring to it. Liam, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, Riffney. Danny Beck, how you, what are your thoughts after that game today? Uh, look, delighted to finish the year with, with something. I suppose we were disappointed after the Championship. Um, but look, we, were, we made hard work to get into the League Final, so we said we made a decision as a team. We'll train on for the rest of it and try and win it like it is. Trophy at the end of the year, you know, so we're delighted. How important is that buy-in from the full squad in terms of carrying that forward after the Championship exit? Yeah, look, there was a lot of men hurt after the championship. A lot of men we done talking in the dressing room, and we just didn't perform on the day. Like Ballinamore out, the better us every ball. They out muscled us. They were out taught us on the day. Like they were just the better team, and we were just really, really disappointed. Like we were pumped up for that game more than any game, and then we were just flat. You know, so look, it happens. Uh, slow enough pace, I'd say, but like there was there wasn't a lot of possession wasted or a lot of wides or that. But um, I'd say it was actually a decent game to watch. Yeah. Samiri's had a shout for a free at your end and then all of a sudden the ball broke and it ends up in the back of the net to turn probably a, a levelling score into a, a four-point lead. That was probably the pivotal point of the game. What were your own thoughts when you went took that four-point advantage? Uh, just see it out. Look, we, we said at half-time that we wanted to start the second half and get the first two, three scores. That didn't happen. <laughs> it, uh, plans generally don't go to get, go right for us, but we dug in. The lads dug in. Like, I suppose the extra bit of fitness really kicked in at the end of the day. Um, I suppose, look, that's down to the boys. They stayed training, so uh, look, credit to them. You know. What's the plans for over the winter with next year in mind? Um, you're probably about the 100 person to ask me that and probably not the right person I don't know uh, look there's a good batch of young lads there um, like they should be contesting championships they know they should be but look there's a certain level other teams have lifted it more need to 
keep raising that bar, you know. So you say that they. Is there anything to be read into they? Will you be around yourself next year? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not saying no, and I'm not saying yeah. Look, time will tell. The body is getting older, slower, sore. Uh, kids come along. It's it's a bit tougher, but uh, look, we won't rule it out. Well, listen. Congratulations today. Enjoy the celebrations. Cheers. Thank you. All the best. Connor Glancy, how are you after that game? Ah, listen, we're disappointed. It's a hard one to take. We only found out last week, I suppose, we were in this final and we, we trained twice this week. Just We gave it everything we had. We thought second half we were coming back into it a bit and that kind of goal killed us. So, I don't know. It is what it is and fair play to Mohal. I suppose you had four or five weeks off there where you maybe weren't collectively training or at least that's what the rumour was going around beforehand. Uh, how, how true was that? Ah, that was true, yeah. We, we weren't expecting... Now the other game, I think if they drew in the other game, Bannon Moore drew. Um, they, it was bo- it was looking like it was going to be both of them, put it that way. And we got word last week that we were in it. No, we we didn't do a lot now the last six weeks. Some lads, some guys playing rugby and playing soccer and stuff and tipping away. But now we trained twice this week and we gave it everything we had. Um, just came up short. In terms of the actual game, that goal pretty decisive in the second half. Even though the goal went in last minute, it was the last kick of the game. But before the ref blew the whistle, were you thinking, "Let's get this kick out," or what was going through your mind? Or did you know it was already kind of done? And just no, I didn't have a clue. I thought, well, well, it was two points in the end, was it? Yeah, I was thinking, oh, just get this ball and with goal chances, whistle went. But no, I didn't know. I don't know how much time he played. Was it? Some of the guys were saying 35 minutes or something. So no, no complaints. Ray, Ray's a good referee, and he's always fairly, fairly accurate. What's the plan for over the winter and coming back next year maybe to go one further or two further maybe than the quarter-final this year in the championship? Yeah, definitely. Um, as you can see yourself there, we'll be young, well, young and old, I suppose. Um, you count yourself with the young or the old, Connor? In the old, definitely, in the old. Um, no, a lot of young lads there and more to come through next year. So it's just us old guys keeping the show on the road for a while and just trying gym work over the winter and come January then we'll, we'll go at it again. And definitely we kind of went out in a whimper in the, the quarter-final this year and we were disappointed with that and we let ourselves down and today we better performance you know that's what we were looking for but definitely next year the, as- the aspirations in Carrick every year is to, to win a championship and that's just it um, whatever the last we haven't won one since 13 you know it's just it's kind of every year if you don't win one it's hard to take so definitely next year we'll be, we'll be on the wagon again 2020 is the year listen Connor, the very best look and hard luck today thanks very much Brefney In underage Gaelic football, the under-15 Division 3 Championship came to a conclusion also at the weekend. Drummer Hare ran out winners over Mohull in quite a bizarre scoreline of four goals flat, no points, to 1-6 for Mohull. So Drummer Hare won the championship final without actually registering a single point in the game. Four goals, good enough to put Mohull to the sword and Drummer Hare will be delighted with their final victory in the under 15 division 3 there was a full round of games in division 1 of the under 15 championship and there were wins for St Mary's McDermott the Gales and Gortletra with one more set of games to play in that particular competition what that means in practice is Glencar Manor and St Mary's lead the way although St Mary's do have a game in hand they have yet to play Melvin Gales in the competition McDermott the Gales and Gortletra on 6 points with a single game remaining while Melvin Gales are on four points with two games left to play in the competition. Alan Gales, two points after five games, while St. Bridget's are at the bottom of the table, zero points from their six completed games. 
In further Manning Cup action, the under-16 county team were in action on Saturday afternoon and they were beaten by five points by Meath, 114-26, to the final score in that particular game. In hurling, Carrick were in action in the Junior Hurling Championship for Connacht. Defending champions, they unfortunately will not lift the crown again this year. They were beaten in Markovitz Park yesterday by Nave Owen, the Sligo champions, on a scoreline of 17 points to 1-11. Hard luck to our own county senior champions, but competing in the Junior Championship in Connacht. A tough defeat to take. In rugby, it was further disappointment for Carrick and Shannon. They were beaten by Craigs on a scoreline of 13 points to 12. In soccer in the SSC Airtricity League, Sligo Rovers ended their season with a disappointing 2-1 defeat to Bowes, despite having held the lead in the first half. A Daryl Fordyce strike put them one up in the first half, but two second-half goals for Bohemians, a free kick from Danny Mandrew and a fairy tale penalty nine minutes in time from Bohemians captain Derek Pender on his last-ever league appearance to put all three points onto the Bohemians' record on the league table. Sligo finished their season on 42 points in seventh place in the league. Just to catch up on the underage soccer in the region, we had Saoirse Cummins on the show last week talking about her under-13 side in Manor Rangers and they had an under-13 National Skechers Cup tie against Clare Morris, which they came from behind to win three goals to one. They now go into the last eight in Connacht. It's an exciting cup run for the North Leitrim boys. There are, of course, two club championship games being played in Connacht of Leitrim significance today. St Mary's represent the county at A-level in the minor football championship. It is last year's under-17 side, and they compete in the under-18 minor championship in the province. They play St Bridget's of Roscommon, which will be a very tough task for the Carrick and Shannon side. Melvin Gales are the representatives in the B grade and they also face Roscommon opposition in the shape of Strokestown. The Melvin Gales game throws in at 7pm and St Mary's are off at 8.15. Both of those games taking place in the centre of excellence in Ballyhonis. The very best of luck to both sides as they bid to reach a Connacht club final in what will be a massive achievement for both teams. I spoke to St Mary's Jermot Kelleher ahead of the game. Now we spoke last week with Joe Flynn from Carrick about a busy weekend for one Jermot Kelleher but unfortunately things haven't panned out for you Jermot. You were supposed to be playing with the, the Division 1 League Final, the Hurling Connacht Championship and the Minor Club Championship but you're not going to play a minute in any of them. Tell us why. Oh, um, I was out training on Sunday morning and I was just unlucky. I was going for a ball and I had a collision and I'd done the AC joint to my shoulder. In terms of the Connacht Minor Club Championship, though, tell us a bit more about that. What exactly is that? Which team from Carrick is, is playing, representing the county in that? Well, it's the, the under-17 team that won the championship last year. So now they've come of age, under-18, because the rest of Connacht is playing at a, at a higher age. So now we're coming together now and trying to go back in to play that. 
So a large number of that team, including yourself, would have played senior football with Carrick this year. So it's quite an experienced minor side, really. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's a, there's a good few of the lads there to be to be there on the senior team there, thereabouts. And yeah, it's kind of, that's the probably advantage we'd have over the other teams because a lot of them would be playing their own age in different counties and they wouldn't get up. But then again, we haven't trained as a whole team together for a long time, whereas they're playing their championship with them, with their team. So it's kind of, that'll be another challenge as well. Yeah, well, listen, I know you're not involved yourself personally, but I'm sure you'll be in Ballyhonas on Tuesday evening. So the very best of luck to your team in that game. Thanks, William. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. Thank you very much for listening in. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this show. It's completely free. Just click follow or subscribe in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also now available on YouTube. Thanks for your continued support. I will be back tomorrow with Faces and Places, where we visit the Leitrim Boxty Festival. Talk to you then.